Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Get attacked by an angry shark. Stuck up a mountain in the dark. Pushed off the top of a big landmark. Hit by lightning in your local park. Caught in a downpour of acid rain. Struck by a meteor or a train. A proton beam passing through your brain. Attacked by that angry shark again. Hear how they survive. Trampled by a herd of buffalo Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe Buried alive in a pile of snow The worst case scenario I think I saw my future self on the way here I think I saw me in the future Hi, welcome to Worst Case Scenario <laughs> No <laughs> The podcast where Abby just launches into Are you into kidding? This is huge What's happening news. in her life I saw myself like 30 years 40, 50 years in the future. I'm so young. <laughs> How long did you say 50 years in the future? So this woman is roughly 85 years old? No. Is that what we're... Like 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right? Okay. So first of all, this is the back view. She's got... She's uh, First of all, I passed her on her own. I was like, that's a stylish lady. I hope I can look like that when I'm that age. Right? Mm. Colourful. Nice clothes. Can okay? I see? Doesn't that look like my kind of outfit? Um, what? Come on, this one. Colorful, cool patterns. Yeah, but like, if you aged my style up. Uh, okay. The trainers, the trainers and sock combination. Yes, I'd give you the rest. And the jacket. The jacket. Yeah. I've never seen you wear anything like that. No. Let me show you the front view. Okay, so. Because it's not as... Oh, like, the you do wear blurry. bright colours and plastic jewellery. Yeah, bright colours. It's a fur, it's a fur, like, bumblebee jacket. I would totally wear Okay. That. I love a, I love a faux fur coat. You, and you a backpack. do, that's true, you do. Yes. Also, she's on her phone. Classic you. Classic That me. is classic you. And then the biggest thing of all, just look who she's dating. Doesn't that look like every ex and future boyfriend of mine? <laughs> Tracksuit bombs, hoodie. Oh, as in what he's wearing. An absolute mess of a man. Yes. She's so stylish. And she's he def- looks like he just mismatched. climbed out of a bin. They are mismatched. He is definitely, yes, he's rocking trackies. He's got um Though he's he's kind of cooler. I'm I'm leveling up, he's smoking. As in not he's not smoking hot, he is smoking a cigarette. Is he? Bad boy in my future. Okay. Right. He's also got long hair and a beard. Didn't yeah, see that in your no, future. No, I don't like beards. Yeah. Um, she's very cool. 
Thank you. Big fan of her. That's future me you're talking about. She's got like sort of wild really, hair. Oh, she also had like her really like really cool. OTT. They look very like yellow 50s. sunglasses. That's me. Yeah, there's like cat eye. I love a crazy sunglass mm. situation. Yes. But she's dating a man that looks like shit. And I was like, that's me. That's me all <laughs> Do over. we know that they're dating? Yeah, they're, they're holding, holding hands. hands. Because I saw it first, I was like, oh, she's so stylish and cool. Wow, I'd love to be like her when, I was old, when I'm older. And then, like, moments, I, like, walked on, and then I stopped at a crossing, and then she caught me up, and she was suddenly holding hands with this man. Can't who... believe you took a picture of these people. I was like, this is, this is my future. In the foreground of the picture, you can see Abby's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, clearly really creepily I taking thinking, a picture I pretended it was a selfie, and I got a picture of them over my shoulder. Mm. I like that your taste in men doesn't change in the next 30 years. I know. Years. I'm, I'm being realistic. That is fun. Yeah. And I've learned not to try and change them. Hmm. She's accepted his tracksuit I mean, bottoms. You don't know how long this has been going on for. If you could say something to her, what would you say? Ooh, good question. Thank you. Um, I mean, where'd you get your outfit? Yeah. Where, where's the jacket from? <laughs> is the main question. <laughs> I also, what, what do you do mm. now? Like, what's your job? Mm-hmm. Um, and and why are we with him? Why are we? With him? Those were kind of my three main questions yeah. for her. Yeah. What's so good about this guy? Yeah. Yeah. What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> Did he always look like this? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Is he in hiding? Uh. You know, is it a disguise? Maybe he's super famous. Maybe. How do you feel about that? Ending up with a super famous person. Mm, yeah, bad. I didn't think, I didn't think you liked that. Not for me. Yeah. What would you say if you saw your future self on the street? Yeah, same. I think I'd be like, what do I do now? God, um, is that bad on us? We're like, career. Did I ever do Live at the Apollo? Do I own my own house? I guess. Nah, I don't care about that. No. I just want to know where her outfit's from. And also uh, what, what she did to keep her skin looking so good. Mm. She looked great. Mm. How old are you? How Maybe. O- yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's only me in like five years. I say. <laughs> Maybe I've imagined her too you old. Are, you are putting a lot on the fact that she has grey hair. I am. And yeah, I think- maybe I just went grey early. Okay, first question. Did you go grey early? Yeah. How old are you? How old are you? Yeah. Did you go grey early? First question, is your name Abby Clark? No, nah, that's let's irrelevant. Just, let's really nail down that this is you in <laughs> the future. How do you spell Abby? Because otherwise, yeah, because otherwise you are just accosting a stranger for no good reason. Does tri- time travel exist? <laughs> that might be a useful question. You should be like, shut up, I'm here to tell you something important. No, where's the jacket from? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first things first. It's your responsibility. The world is going to end, Abby. So you the finally, world is going to end. You finally I worked, really need no, you. You finally worked out our skincare routine. What the fuck is it? I really How many products, which products? Tell I think the Prime Minister. I don't think it's real. I think it's a conspiracy theory made by gingers to make to some know. cream cool again. The world is going to end. What did we do? <laughs> which moisturizer did we finally commit to? And it's how did you do your hair? Okay. Because your no, hair is great. You're really pulling off grey and I respect that. We've made grey cool. And then poof, the world evaporates. Because Abby cared too much about her looks. <laughs> Whoa. What a fucking <laughs> who chose moral you? tale. <laughs> who, whoever chose you is the person who should give the message to save the world back to their younger self. Oh no, I'm a bad self. guy and don't look up. You are. <laughs> you are. 
I'm Jonah Hill. You're climate change. I'm climate change. <laughs> <laughs> It's finally time. It's, it's the moment we, we've been waiting for. Oh my God. For Josephina to shine. It's a shark one. We're finally doing a shark oh attack story. Oh my God. When we started this podcast, we thought, I mean, the, the bit and surfboard is a big part of the logo. I'll be we honest, were like, I it's going to be was... shark attack central. Then the bears really came up. They did. The rear. They did. Um, and took over. But it's time. It's time for the sharks to shine. Finally. Here we go. This is the story of Rodney Fox, whose attack to this day is regarded as one of the world's worst shark attacks ever to be survived. Oh my God, amazing. Rodney Fox was born in Adelaide, South Australia in 1940. I, that's where I used to live. Oh really? Yeah. Not cool. in 1940, but <laughs> well, in Adelaide. Who knows? Shout out. Um, Rundle Mall, what, what? Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> such a local yeah. so from an early age uh, his father took him fishing and he felt an affinity towards the sea he'd been staring at the edge of the water as long as he could remember <laughs> never really knowing why well, how romantic it's a quote from Mo- Moana Julia Jesus oh is it get um. on board <laughs> so growing up uh, Fox's neighbours owned a large concrete water tank where Rodney and the neighbour's son taught themselves how to swim. Mm-hmm. Uh, through his teens, Rodney spent countless in hours... In the water tank? Yeah. They learned to swim in the water tank? Yeah. Okay. Just a concrete water tank. I guess it was kind of like a little swimming pool. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I mean, obviously, I don't know the specifications of this water tank. Right. Just concrete. I've just heard that like lots of people like climb into... It's quite common that people climb into water tanks... And can't get back out because they have a ladder in, but not a ladder out. How? Oh, quite, oh, not in, what like, makes big a ladder industrial... out? Surely a ladder's, but in and out, a ladder's a ladder. What's a water tank? No, so on the outside, so like in big industrial places where oh, there's a I water see. tank. Like, there's quite a famous um, true crime, unsolved mysteries. Oh, the one in the hotel? Yes, they yeah. have a water tank on the top of the, on the roof. Yeah. And she could climb in. But there's no, because there's a ladder on the outside, but there's no ladder on the inside because you're obviously not supposed to go in and swim in it. But you can't pull yourself up. No, because it's, hu- it's a huge, the the drop is massive. Oh. Yeah. But this might be, this is obviously a, a water no, tank I think this is, is for a house. So it's, but also isn't yeah. the, isn't the... Well, I read it as just like they'd filled some concrete with water, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Isn't the purpose of a water tank to supply your house with water? I have no idea. This I hope no one is peeing in this water story. tank. That's I'm just, all I'm worried about. I'm just trying to give you some back. People okay. pee in the sea. It's just a yeah, but then realistic the sea, yeah, but you don't drink environment training situation. You don't wash yourself we with all, seawater. We all accidentally drink seawater, Julia. Mm-hmm. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway. Sorry, so he's learned to swim in his all water tank. All I can tank. think about is that like, the Sims can't get out of swimming pools now. And I'm like, maybe they were water tanks all along. Yeah. So take, anyway. any, take the ladder out of anything. It's a water tank. Yeah. So through his teens, Rodney, uh, he leveled up to the ocean. He spent countless hours spearfishing. So really the water tank, it wasn't that important. I, I regret telling you. Um, <laughs> he spent countless, of, countless hours spearfishing, bringing home fresh catches of fish and lobsters for his family. Mm. And in 1962, he became the South Australian spearfishing champion. Wow. 
1963, the next year, he married the love of his life, Kay. And four months later, it was time to defend his state championship title. Okay. So the spearfishing championship was held at Aldinga Beach. Did I get that right? I know it, yeah. I can actually check with you. Um, South of Adelaide on December 8th, 1963. Robin Williams was only 12, so he wasn't up to much. (laughs) Rodney, however. I thought he was doing something fun. Yeah, he's probably like on a swing Working or something. Some characters. Oh, you think? Yeah, I reckon. Sure. It's really annoying his parents. Yeah. Um, um, he spearfished for about four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and the then 23-year-old life insurance salesman, which I find ironic. <laughs> he's a life insurance <laughs> Life insurance. Um, was on what he called a bit of a hunter-gatherer streak. He's doing very well, but he still hadn't found the fish he needed, right? He still hadn't found... How do you judge it, I wonder? I think it's biggest fish. Oh, okay. Okay. So he still... He's, so he's doing well, but not... But he, he still hadn't found a real big, big one. Yeah. yeah. So he swam out deeper than the rest of the pack mm. to about 60 feet. Um, as he dove down, he spotted a good one. Mm-hmm. He raised his spear gun and he was about to shoot when he felt a huge thump and crash to his side. Um, Despite making no sense to his environment, Rodney thought he'd been hit by a train. God. He thought he'd been hit by a train, but then he kind of remembered he was underwater. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So he was like... Who put this here? Yeah. Like, whoa. Just the Eurotunnel. No, then he was like, perhaps a submarine. Like, he felt like he'd been hit by a machine. But then he saw the teeth. Oh, God. Turns out Rodney wasn't the only hunter out in the water that day. Oh, here she is. There she is. Storyteller. <laughs> so, um, yeah. He had just been hit by a great white shark. Mm. Knocking the gun out of his hand, the snorkel mask off his face, he was hurtling through the water in its mouth. The shark bites down with crushing force as he pounds on it and the water turns bright red. He knew instinctively that the shark's eyes were the most vulnerable and so he grappled around to try and find them and attempted to gouge at them. Amazingly, it seemed to stop and let him go. But as he fell out of its mouth, he pushed out at the shark with his arm to like push it away and his hand disappeared into the shark's mouth. Oh, Ripping the underside of his arm on the way in and as it closed its jaws, he pulled it out Ripping and breaking. Oh, God. Ripping and breaking all the tendons in his hand. To this day, he still has part of one of the shark's teeth embedded in his wrist. No. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, But before it could bite him again, he grabbed the shark in a bear hug, well behind the jaws, and held on tight so it couldn't bite him. Uh, Wait, sorry. So he's out of the shark now. So he pulled his hand out pulled of the mouth. Pulled his hand out. The body's out. Broke all the tendons. Ripped all the tendons Nothing, in his yeah, hand. Yeah, but the shark hasn't got him in any way. No. So He's the, sh- so he, the shark had got him on his, I think, side, left side. Right. Yeah. Um, he gouged at the eyes. The shark let go. He tried to push the shark. Yeah. Hand went inside the mouth. Yeah. As the jaws were closing, he pulls the hand out. He then grabs the shark in a bear hug. <sighs> so it can't bite him. Yeah. Then he realizes that he's holding his breath because it was snorkeling. He was snorkeling about 50 feet under the water and he's out of air. Fuck. So knowing that he would definitely drown if he continues holding on, he has no choice. He lets go 
and starts... Why is he holding on? <laughs> so that it can't bite. Like, he's oh, bear he hugging behind oh, the jaws. So he's, yeah, like, yeah. behind him. Yeah. Kind of like if you were, like... Have you seen that video where the guy... The, the lady gets bitten by the alligator in the zoo and the guy has to come in and get on the alligator's back. Right, I'm with you. He's kind of doing that with mm-hmm. the shark. Um, but he's out of breath. As he's going to drown. Yeah. So he lets go and he starts swimming back to the surface, right? Yeah. He breaks the surface and he's taking a few huge breaths when he looks down through the bright red water mm. and sees a huge shark head coming up towards him. Oh my God. That's my nightmare. That's awful. Whenever I'm in the sea yeah. or water, yeah. that's what I yeah. imagine happening. Is like I feel like that's what people always say. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. the eyes coming up towards you. That's what you see. <gasps> even, oh my God, even the thought of it. Even <sighs> the arm going in and out. Like, uh, I, Do you know what degloving is? No, but I don't like the sound of it. So, <laughs> Just another blue waffle. I know somebody, I'm feeling lucky. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, sounds sexual. It's a, it does, doesn't it? Is so it, are you just in, saying, are you just talking about a circumcision? No. <laughs> when I was in Adelaide, there, I knew a guy who, um, he was, uh, what's it called? Uh, water skiing. I was going to say skiing on water. He was water skiing, mm-hmm. that one. And uh, his friends were in the boat driving and he had wrapped the um, cord rope around his arm. <gasps> And then they took off. No, 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 no. And so then he had to like try and desperately get the rope off. Why had he wrapped it around his arm? I think it was. I don't know. It must be. It must have been to like. I don't know. Keep the thing tidy. Like he must have been coming in. I don't know. I don't know what the. I can't remember what the circumstances were. He anyway had it wrapped around his arm. They took off. Obviously, the rope then starts to tighten. He does his best to like get the rope completely off his arm. He gets it all the way off, apart from his thumb. (laughs) It's wrapped around his thumb no. and then it, it tightened on his thumb and it degloved his thumb. So it took off the outer casing of the thumb. And so all that you could see was like his bone. And now he has like his, his thumb stops at the knuckle. Um, and there's like skin around it now and stuff. But like... Uh, Wait, he amputated it? Essentially. So he took off the end bit and then all this, but degloving is when you take off. That's why they say like, don't wear rings if you're like climbing stuff because like if your ring gets caught, then it will take off the the flesh and the the juicy bit of your finger and just leave the bone. But does he still have the bone sticking out? No. So now it's it goes up to his knuckle and then there's skin around it. I think they had skin grafts, maybe. Right. Um, so just. And he did, in fact, he did. Uh, and it, so it's just like a nub. Can you say nub? It's I like, so. it's just. Like it's Chandler's up. toe in Friends. Mm. It's, yeah, it's up to the knuckle. So he's got no, uh, he can't do that. <sighs> I'm, I'm wiggling my thumb for yeah. those listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like pressing a button. With my thumb. With a thumb. Yeah. But nice to not lose the thumb completely. Didn't lose the thumb completely. Can still like. Yeah. Grab things. But just seeing, looking down and seeing your hand was just a bone. Holy fucking for one God. Of the, one of <sighs> the, yeah. <sighs> yep. Anyway, sorry. He was also from Adelaide. There you go. Well, I know where I'm not going. Okay. So the shark has followed him up. Mm. He swam up. Shark. Just imagine like blood water. I don't want to. Shark face coming at you. No. No, no. 
off. No, no, no. <laughs> That's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. He hadn't really learned from the hand incident. He kicks out with his foot. Same thing. But In luckily, oh, no. Okay. Shark's not after him. All good. Instead, it goes for the float that he is towing that contains all the fish he's caught that day. Oh, have it. Have it. Enjoy. No wonder the shark is fucking chasing you. You're towing. Yeah. A banquet. <laughs> a buffet. <laughs> yeah. It's the Pizza Hut buffet. Yeah. You've got um, a happy meal behind you. So amazing. Shark takes off with the float. Swims back down into Great. the depths. Ideal. Fine. Unfortunately, Rodney's still attached to the float. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Yeah. So it drags him down. So Shark takes off Has into the depth. Has he reached the surface yet? He's reached the oh, surface. Okay. Yeah, so he reached he the surface. He has taken a breath. He looked down. Shark's coming back up at him. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, he's got the float. Sick. Bye, Shark. Oh, shit. Looney Tunes. Still yeah. attached. If you could break the tether, that would be, that would be lovely. Yeah. So the rope goes taut. And he is pulled back underwater with it. Yeah. Puff of smoke at the surface. Yeah. Um, the shark has taken off quickly and dives 40 feet beneath the surface, which is about a three-story building. That's too far for a human. And very, very quickly. Uh, he tries to find the quick release on his belt. He's like feeling around for it, but he can't find it. And he gets to the end of the belt and he knows he has no breath left. Oh my God. He's gonna have to, like I was watching an interview and he was like, I just, I was at the point where I had to go, <gasps> Do you know what I mean? And like, I was just going to gasp in water. Oh my God. But at that moment, the line snaps. Phew. Yeah, phew, but he's still 40 feet under the water. So he fights his way back up to the surface despite his horrific injuries. Yeah. Meanwhile, a boat has come to investigate the bright red water. (laughs) Ah, what's going on over there? Mm. Um, He breaks the surface. They pull him in and his injuries are so severe. All the ribs on his left side have been shattered. His lungs are ripped open. His diaphragm was punctured. His lungs are ripped open? Yeah. How has he held his breath at all then? Well, this is now last episode, but as we learned, you can go with one lung. And I think this was all on his left side. Oh, one lung is gone. Okay, right. So all the ribs are broken, lung ripped open, diaphragm punctured, leaving his spleen uncovered. You could see Ah! his spleen. Um, his scapula, aka shoulder blade, was pierced, and the main artery from his heart was left exposed. How did? How do you survive this? Well, how can you have an exposed artery? Yeah. To this day, his attack is regarded as one of the world's worst shark attacks to ever be survived. Mm. Um, and his story of the attack and escape has been published many times. In total. 462 stitches were required to his chest, right hand, and arm. So, he survived. Now, time to start recovery. Yeah. Um, His rehab centred on overcoming his fear, getting fit, and eventually returning to the sea. Um, This is always the way. Amazing, With these stories. Yeah. So... uh, he first returned to strengthen and test his badly pierced lung and chest. He went free diving in the clear freshwater sinkholes in Mount Gambia. Um, and exactly one year after his attack, he 
he entered the Australian Spearfishing Championships in Victoria, where he top scored in three of four events. Wow. Um, despite being... Did he leave his little basket on the side? It, I don't know how you. Do, I don't know how you go back. <laughs> Leave the fish on the side. You're literally towing. Yeah, shark bait. food. Yeah. yeah, but it is. Despite being fit and healthy, he was still fearful of yeah. another tar- shark attack. <laughs> no shit. Um, there was a popular saying in those days: sharks are man eaters. The best shark is a dead shark. And while in hospital, Rodney had received a letter from famous game fisherman Alf Dean who still holds the world record for the biggest fish caught on rod and line, which was a great white weighing in at 1,208 kilograms. What? He, he caught, caught that on rod white. and line. Yeah. Um, in wow. his letter, Alf wrote, if you had seen what I've seen, you would hang up your dive gear and never go in the water again. Yeah. So Rodney contacts Alf. Also, Rodney's been through a fucking shark attack. Yeah. I feel like, like that's I'm sorry. Like, I think I up. Like, if yeah. you've seen the shit I've exactly. seen. Exactly. If you've had your hand ripped apart and your body broken Honestly, in every way. do you want to see the way. picture of his injury? I don't think I do, I'll be honest. I think you do, though. Okay. Okay, hang on. You can also see these pictures at WCS Pod on Instagram. Um, here we go. It's, it's so that's crazy. That's so rich, isn't it? All right, Alf. Rain it in. That's that is horrible. Yeah, it's the back of his, and arm, he's like split open all of his back, like coming round. And to that his was tummy. the first injury. Look how happy he is. Is that him? <laughs> yeah, that's that's him. <laughs> he's absolutely thrilled. Um, but like, so that in the first picture you can see it's open. It's open. Like, you can see into his body. It's as if it's as if he's and he halfway swam, through surgery. But he swam like that. Do you know what I mean? That was the first injury. Imagine. So everything else I said, he was doing with that. I can't believe he survived that. Um, Rodney contacts Alf. Uh, Alf agrees to show Rodney how he attracted and caught his record sharks. But at the end of the trip... Why? Why? Why does he want to know? Um, I guess just now he wants curiosity, to... interest. Yeah. I just feel like if I had encountered a great white shark, I'd never want to see one ever again. Yeah, but this guy's catching and killing sharks. Oh, you think now Rodney's got a vendetta? Well, I think... Maybe he wanted to see how you like how it's beat done. the shark. Yeah. But the shark is the ultimate boss. But rather than being thrilled by the five dead great whites, Rodney regarded Hi. their catching and killing as quite senseless. Yeah. Um so after the trip, he kind of didn't feel great about the killing okay. of sharks. And instead he was he was just fascinated. By the prehistoric creatures. Because also, if you think, like, he's in there spearfishing. He doesn't need those fish. Like, we... The reason sharks are coming closer yeah, like, to land anyway is because there are no fish left in the sea. That shark technically did, n- did nothing wrong of in that situation. Not. Yeah. Um, so to just kill them for the, for a laugh, like Alf is doing... Yeah. Seem, I can see why he, Rodney's come yeah. away from that being like... So Hod- Rodney's actually come away being like... a bit gross. Mm, that didn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and instead he came away feeling like they were being portrayed more fearsomely than they actually were. Oh, right. 
He said, my shark attack occurred in a period when nobody really knew anything much about sharks at all. Mm. He recalled that in the hospital, um, when people came and visited him, and also like it was really played up in the newspapers, it was big news. Yeah. He said he realized that there was a real fear and hatred towards them. Yeah. Um, and his story frightened so many people out of the water that he actually felt a bit like it was his job to help people get back into it and enjoy the surf and diving and beautiful water the sea offered. Mm. Um, He said that like everybody wanted to go out and kill the sharks, but all he wanted to do was learn more about them. Okay. So for a decade after recovering from his attack, Rodney made his living as a professional abalone diver, pioneering the industry in Australia. They're like a little like kind of like sea snail thing. Oh. Yeah. As in he's diving for them. Yeah. So he kind of continued as he's a diver them back up. in the waters that he was attacked in. That's amazing, isn't it? Crazy. And yeah, apparently he pioneered the industry. Wow. But it was a visit to Adelaide Zoo that inspired what Rodney was set to do for the rest of his life. Okay. So he, um, I don't know exactly when this happened. I read in one article this was kind of six months after. Right. But it could have been longer. Yeah. But he, his After wife... the attack? Yeah, yeah. But that seems too soon, having read everything else about him. Yeah, he squeezed a and lot it, in. And it only said in one article, so I don't really trust that. Oh, okay. But at some point, he, yeah. his wife Kay, and their small niece went to the zoo. And they were looking at the caged lions. Mm. When Rodney thought, what if we... Re- Let them out. <laughs> <laughs> Open up those cages, baby. <laughs> Let's have them. <laughs> I've survived I've one man-eating on animal. Yeah. Let's You'll be another apex mother. predator. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's got a taste for it now. <laughs> he thought, looking at these lines behind bars, mm-hmm. he thought, well, what if we reverse the roles? He was like, man. <laughs> Rodney made a human zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Wow. So, man eating ferocious animals have always existed. Or oh, he just started lobbing children over the. <laughs> Over the no, 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 no. He, he he put humans in cages. Oh, he wow. He was like, hey, lions, come look at us. <laughs> <laughs> Family of lions came out with picnics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids. Start taunting the Yeah, uh, the lionesses, lionesses took their cubs. Yeah, nice. Little treasure hunts it's about around time. the zoo. It's about time. They were like, <laughs> what, would be the, what would be the enclosures, though? Like, what would be the different breeds of human? Uh, oh exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the football enclosure. Like the goths. The goth. They've oh, got you- to be in the dark. They've got to be in like... <laughs> they be in like the bat enclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the reptile. The reptile. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to be temperature controlled. Cool. Yeah. yeah. They wear a lot of layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to really yeah. look for them. Because yeah. they're like... And the like shows. We could still do stand up. Yes. But we just have to make it more relatable to like the animal kingdom. Mm. Be like, God, don't you hate it when like men kill the other men just to fuck you? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> relatable. Not far off your actual relatable humor. <laughs> oh my God, I just hate it when like all, all the men fight over oh me. Oh my God. <laughs> the stand up enclosure would be insufferable. Like, it oh. would be so annoying. Just a bunch of narcissists behind a fucking person. <laughs> Specs, bit like, of glass. God, I gotta hunt, gather, and raise the kids. Oh, oh God! <laughs> I 
I just want to sit home and eat a human steak once in a while. Am I right, ladies? I've never felt more passionate about abolishing zoos. I actually life. think female stand-up would, would, would be more popular in, in a, a zoo. zoo. In a zoo for lions, yeah. Because there's only like one man per pride, right? That's, you're not going to gather many, much audience. There's They're way more women. There's yeah. way more women yeah, to yeah, perform yeah. to. Yeah. Finally, period humor's in. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So his theory is that kind of like man-eating ferocious animals like lions mm. have always existed, right? Yeah. But we've just been able to put most of them behind bars, mm. like zoos. The fear of sharks comes from not knowing where they are. Yeah, no bars in the sea. No. So he was like, what if we put humans inside something like a lion cage and place them underwater? Did he invent the shark? He invade, invented. <laughs> he Fox invaded Latin the shark. <laughs> he invented the shark cage. Wow. He thought he could build a steel cage, lower it over the side of a boat, and get in the cage to safely view the great whites. And that has gone seamlessly. He could see for himself if they deserved their vicious reputation. Right, did you just sass a shark cage? Have you not seen all of those videos where the shark cage means absolutely... Yeah, well, I've done some research. First of all, there has never once been a fatality from a shark cage. Second of all, (laughs) the ones going wrong... (laughs) The the ones going wrong are due to poorly designed cages. Oh, so now he's blaming his tools, is he? Well, no, so it's never happened. I don't think it's happened in Australia. Okay. Um, and basically, I'll get to it, actually. Okay. We'll come back to that. Would you do that? What? Shark cage? Yeah. Nah. Absolutely not. Yeah. But uh, Why Why would you not do it? I just... Actually, it feels I'll be unsafe. honest. I'll be honest. Is that why? I'll be honest. I was like 100% no. And then I did all this research last night. And I did end the night saying to my flatmates, shall I like do a shark cage? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, shall I? She went and then it turned out, to Australia. Then it, to out, it, was like my, it was my housemate's like boyfriend's dream. Like that's what he wants to do. He's obsessed with sharks. Wow. So I was like, shall we go we? together? Are we doing that? <laughs> Where's the closest place you can But I'd only that? trust this guy. Mm. Um it just like he makes it sound quite good. <laughs> he uh, uh, look, let's get through it. But okay. it sounds kind of cool. <laughs> okay. His idea. He's like, I'm going to make a steel cage, put it in the water, and I'm going to watch them safely. Mm. And then I'm going to decide if they really deserve. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide for myself what I think about sharks. Okay. But also, like, sharks, I feel like you don't need to do that in order to know that sharks aren't acting maliciously. No, but sharks this was aren't, like, like an evil time... creatures that are coming out to get, like... like no, we... but they didn't know about sharks at this, oh, at this okay. point. This is what I mean. So he was saying, like, at, his time, at the time of his attack, really little was known about sharks. Right, okay. They were just, like, feared. But he didn't... Not much research had been done into them. Yeah. So he was like, if I build a cage, I can observe can watch them, them yeah. like you can at the zoo. Yeah. And actually learn a little bit more about them and see how scary they really are. Mm-hmm. So he drew up plans and had the two-man cage built. He organized a new tuna bone, uh, which the, uh, the, the owners were keen to be involved. Also, two men is not enough. Two person is not enough. Like, I'd want like a bus size. Like I want, a, I want a shark tank where it's not just me and another person. Can you imagine me and you in a shark? I think we should. Cage. I think we should make it happen. Fuck that. I think we should do it. I there would be a, like a. There's been zero fatalities. Yes, which means they're due one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We I've done like we looked at all the sports that have had fatalities. We've looked at all the adventure sports. That have, like true, everything has a fatality. True. This one doesn't. This Yet. is the safest it, one we've researched so far. So, okay, yeah, true. But I just think two people. I would want the other person to be an expert, not you. Like, all right, we'll go one by one at a time. Okay. Anyway, I want a very strong person who can swim really well and drag me up. Should should we need to? You're only going over the side Aquaman. of the boat. Aquaman. I want Aqua. I want Jason Momoa. <laughs> I will go down with Jason Momoa. I feel like Jason Momoa would attract more enemies because he is literally. The king of the sea. The king of the sea. Like, do you think so? I don't think, the I think sharks, sharks are, out are the again. least to I would have thought sharks would have been on the his side. The freaking kraken's coming your way if you're there with Aquaman. True. You know? I don't yeah, want to. I don't want to see celeb. Imagine that video. I want to nobody. I don't want them to even notice I'm there. Okay, fair. Yeah. I want like Squidward. Actually, do you know who you I know? want? I want Alf because apparently he knows how to take down <laughs> sharks should it come your way. No, I think Alf's very old slash maybe even dead. Oh, okay. Well, we're not doing this anyway, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> I've kind of insulted. it. Okay. I can't believe you're advocating for this. I know. I'm That's... freaking... I'm, terif- I'm terrified of the sea and I'm terrified mm. of sharks. But Rodney's made it feel safe. And you're terrified of Australia in general. That's so as true. a place. I'm so scared you're of You're scared of the toilets in, in Australia. Yeah. And now she's diving with sharks. But they're not sneaking up on you, you know? They absolutely are. No, yes, they absolutely like, are. That's, that's Rodney's whole point. You know where they are. And you're, look, you're not letting me get. Sorry, they haven't he, even got in the cage yet. Okay, they're in. Okay, stop hating. I'm not. I'm not. You're I'm a just, hater, Julia. I'm just. I'm just baffled by your like this. The fact that you are so on board with this has really thrown me. It's thrown me. <laughs> but that's, that's how powerful okay. Rodney is. Okay, go. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. So he's made the. He's made the cage. He's made the cage. He's. He wants to. He's learn. got a new tuna boat. The owners Brag. are on board. They're like, yeah, use our tuna boat. He's found sponsors. 
And for the first ever cage diving expedition, uh, he invited two other great white shark attack victims. Fuck off. The three of them are in the... They're three of them. No, no, no. They're on the boat. Oh, on the boat. They're not all getting in the cage at the same time. Sure, just re-traumatise them. And he also invited his friend and fellow diver, Ron Taylor, to film the expedition. Get it on film. In partnership (laughs) with him. Get the second attack on film, for sure. What's the point if you're not filming? Yeah. Uh, So this was the first... (laughs) Sorry. He's invited previous people who've been attacked by sharks. I think they were also spear fishermen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I did have their names, but I was like, let's not get into more attacks because they could be stories for another day. Sure. Okay. So I've just just named them Mm -hmm. two other shark attack victims. Right, okay. Stories for another day. Yeah, I'm with you. And his friend, who he met at a competition, Ron Taylor. Yeah. He's like, do you want to come and see me potentially get attacked again by a shark no like do you want to get in with me do you want to get in with me and film do you want to get do you want to potentially be attacked by a shark yeah okay cool bring your camera so this was the first time great white sharks had ever been filmed underwater um and it was a turning point in rodney's life what year is this sorry uh i don't know exactly okay because like i said i don't know exactly how much later it was after he was attacked what year was the attack but he was attacked in 1963 Oh, okay, right, yeah. This is what I'm trying to say. People don't know much about I sharks. Was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not much research Sorry. has been done. Yep. No one's ever filmed them before. Okay. It's the first time great white sharks have ever been filmed underwater, and it's a turning point in his life. He discovered great whites were not crazy man-eaters. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> stealing your boyfriend. Sure. <laughs> He's not man-eater. Um, yeah. But fascinatingly cautious creatures. Mm. They preferred the bait not the man in the cage. Okay. So like when you cage dive, you put some bait in. Yeah, you got to attract them somehow. They couldn't care less about the guy in the cage. Yeah. They were just inter- interested in the bait. Yeah. Much like when he got attacked. Just they just wanted it, yeah. Um, so um, he pioneered the world's first shark cage dive operation more as a hobby than anything else. Mm. Um, but his hobby soon turned into a profession after clips of the great whites he and ron shot landed on the desk of a young director by the name steven of Spielberg. steven oh Spielberg. my god <laughs> yeah little did fox know that his underwater footage of great whites is that what they used for jaws off the coast of <gasps> south australia would go on to scare the bathing suits of movie audiences all over the world. Oh my God. As he, and his invention of the shark cage would be featured and the topic of conversation in one scene when it's mocked by the character Quint. Wow. So he says he had mixed feelings about participating in Jaws. Yeah, I was going to say, famously the film that stopped people from going yeah. back into the so water. So he had mixed feelings about participating in Jaws as it was was a film that saw a whole generation find a new fear of the ocean. Mm. Kind of the, like, anti what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, and he didn't tell people at first. He didn't tell people for a while that he'd work, worked on it. Um, because he didn't want to frighten them. His his intention was to get people to come mm. see the sharks. And then it um, became a huge hit and he was like, actually, I had quite a, quite a big well, deal. Well, no, <laughs> it, was it was because Jaws may have ironically been instrumental in fueling the world's fascination with the apex predator. Okay. Um, and great whites specifically. Yeah. 
Um, and in 1976, shortly after the film was released, mm. Rodney received a request from an American dive travel company wanting to bring their American clients on a great white shark expedition. He happily obliged and it became the world's first shark cage diving tour and thus shark ecotourism was born. So Jaws served as like an advert for him. Yeah, so it's actually probably responsible for most of the research on sharks and great whites in particular and through the movie a lot of conservationists or and sorry um shark huggers (laughs) as they call them (laughs) found their way to rodney wow Uh, he said that the fear was already there yeah so he didn't feel as bad about the fear the film created because the fear he said is a natural fear our ancestors had. Yeah. But now everyone actually wants to dive with the sharks and protect the sharks, which is something he never thought would happen. Yeah. There was suddenly a a big interest in sharks. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then he said, the more you learn about them, the less frightened you become. And that's, you are are proof of that. I'm kind of proof of that. I mean, I still don't want to be free in the water with them. Absolutely freaking not. Um... So, for example, in Jaws, the character Quint says, the thing about a shark, it's got lifeless eyes, black eyes like a doll's eyes. When it comes at you, it doesn't seem to be living until he bites you and those black eyes roll over white. Mm. And that's my exact fear. Like we were saying, when the shark comes up and the black eyes, that's literally my fear. But apparently, on these expeditions... Some people are lucky enough to have an eyeball encounter. I don't know if lucky is the right word. Because mm. that sounds terrifying. But they have an eyeball encounter. There's a little sparkle in the eye. Is that they what they're saying? They see that it's actually a structured eye with a pupil. Oh. It's not just black. Um, so it, it's not the dead black eye of myth, it says here. Right. Uh, it does actually have like a pupil and everything. Yeah. And that makes and all the difference, that, does it? Then it, immediately it's not terrifying. No, but I'm just saying that's an example of like, if we actually, misinterpreted. Yeah, yeah, that's not actually true, mm. that their eyes are just black. Right. Um, Rodney has now led over 100 expeditions to film and study great white sharks and is considered a world authority of the great white. Uh, he a He's gr- really made this shark attack work for him. Right. Uh, he has a great reputation as an expedition leader and producer of shark documentaries and it is estimated that Rodney has been involved in some way with 90% of all prominent white shark images taken worldwide in the 20th wow. century. Is that because he invented the the shark cage and that's how people can get those images? Well, he also has a company called Fox Great White Shark Expeditions. Oh, okay. So a lot of people will go, go to him yeah. to go underwater and film mm-hmm. um, or take pictures. Wow, and good for Rodney. That's yeah, amazing. like so it says here he's worked with Disney, Universal, IMAX, National Geographic, yeah, um, and many, many more. Uh, he's wined and dined with film stars and princes, and even found himself in a cage with Miss Universe. Oh, very nice, Rodney. That was a good day for Rodney. Yeah. Um, he continued to run tours until 1999. Uh, by this time, his son Andrew had become an integral part of the operation. Andrew is a biological scientist, a world-renowned underwater photographer, and like his dad, a highly regarded advocate of the great white shark. And he still operates Fox Great White Shark expeditions out of Port Lincoln, South Australia, offering tours on their diving boat to the Neptune Islands. Wow. 
so you can still go andrew runs it now um and today south australia remains the global home of great white shark cage diving in 2002 fox andrew and dr rachel robbins formed the Fox Shark Research Foundation, which helps instill an appreciation and understanding of great whites through research and education. And also where they do their dives, they have like regular sharks that come back. Oh, that's nice. And like people who dive get to know them. Yeah. There, there was like one one where, where is he? he's like called old something and he's like a fan favorite. <laughs> old Johnny <laughs> recently arrived for the seventh season in a row. Oh, Johnny does Accompanied <laughs> by some giant females. <laughs> I bet he is. Johnny. Oh, Johnny's always accompanied by some females. Anna wow. Johnny. Wow. Okay. He's not getting any of them pregnant. Um, <laughs> well, he might be if he's old. <laughs> yeah, actually. An out of date You Johnny. don't want an old Johnny. Never trust an old Johnny. Uh, um, he's about four and a half meters, which is about as big as they grow, despite all the myths about seven meter sharks, Andrew says. He says, he's a real star. He stays around the boat in his and is as curious about the people as they are of him. He doesn't act aggressively, but looks up at you occasionally and visits the divers down in the bottom cage, moving close to the cage. Um, And he's a regular that people just fall in love with. So this is the other thing. They're also like one of the only places, if you're like an experienced diver, most people just stay at the boat, but you can do uh, ocean floor cages. Oh my God. God. (laughs) Which that's too far for me. (laughs) Like, you know, that film where the, it snaps and they go down to the floor and then the only way is to like no. get out and swim up. No. That was my nightmare about cage. Oh my God. Would you do, um, I'm guessing you haven't, so apologies if you have, but like, would you do diving? Like with a tank and stuff? No. no. Yeah, That's me neither. That's for me. Yeah. Do you remember that story of the of the husband and wife? Yeah. Yeah. How are you, bring, you must have to learn how to, you must have a tank though, right? No, so... A lot of the ones that are like just really under the snorkel. surface, they have like a air tube that they just put in their mouth that's from the boat because they're like not deep. That's even more terrifying. That's even more, that's even Why? worse. You've made it worse. You've made it Why so much worse. Why is that worse? Because you don't have a, that's a tube, just an air tube. No, as in it's pumping air. Yeah, oh yeah. But like but, the tank's on the boat. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that Why? at all. I don't like that at all. But it just shows that you're not even like deep underwater. Okay, so so say the air tube fails, yeah, or get it fills with water or whatever, it pops out of your mouth. Well, you can just pop up. You can okay. So there is an air. So so the the tank the the cage. Yeah, there is air at the top of the cage. It's not fully submerged. I don't know that for surezies, but I think so because they're literally to... just putting it over the side of the boat. Yeah, I think I'd insist on that. If I if if I were, I think so because yeah. I also when I was doing this research found out about a YouTube family who <laughs> took their like eight-year-old and five-year-old and everyone freaked out in yeah. the comment not not to this company i don't think they let five-year-olds do it good um but they t- and like the five-year-old had the like just like the air tube they didn't i think you can have your own tank if maybe you're an adult but the kids were just using the little thingy yeah and p- and there's a horrific photo which is obviously they're like um thumbnail for clickbait sure where like the five-year-old's leg is like just out the oh cage because he's so small no. Oh. And the shark's like swimming oh towards God. it. But they were absolutely fine. And it was all like, should you let anyone do it that young? And yeah. Whatever. No, um, no, you shouldn't. So Andrew does say sharks can swim into poorly designed cages. But actually, like, like I said, they don't attack the humans. It's actually awful for the sharks because they get trapped. Oh. And they can die. Like oh, the shark shit. can die, not the human. Yeah. Um, 
and so he commented on two of like the famous videos online of when sharks go get in he said uh the reason why that shark got captured in the cage is that the design of the cage had a lot of vertical bars Mm. um he said sharks aren't actually looking to get in and bite people sometimes they just swim in and get trapped um also we shouldn't be there yeah like we shouldn't and he said so their cages tend to have a lot fewer gaps and also a lot of mesh um and like i said there's never been a fatality in history i would definitely want some mesh and there was another one where like it was the fault of the guy controlling the chum because you shouldn't put if the shark is right by the cage yeah you shouldn't be putting like chum in because what happens is basically the shark's going for the chum yeah it's not interesting you at all yeah but if it's too close to the cage it can't stop in time so that's what it is like the shark's breaks don't so work just try, it so drives it just goes straight into, into the, the cage oh, it's not going for the humans oh, oh, oh. so all this is what i mean those videos aren't about the sharks yeah yeah it's yeah. about the people running the tours They've not doing it, it right yeah, yeah it's either the fault of the like chum guy and you need a good chum and guy. the design of the cages yeah yeah um Fair. but when that's happened it's only been the shark that's died never the human also a fun thing i found out from Andrew is like his first, he first saw sharks when he was seven and his dad took him out on an expedition. Yeah. Um, and he said it was about 9.30 at night. He woke me up to look over the side of the boat and a really big white shark was spy hopping. And they were like, what's spy hopping? And he said, the great white is one of the only few sharks that puts its head above the water to get a look at you. It was a powerful first encounter. So they just like pop up. <laughs> Which is like kind of terrifying, but also like really funny. <laughs> it <laughs> they're pops, just like it mm, pops just stuff like, out the water. They're just kind of nosy, yeah. They're just like, Pop. and then they just get back down. Wow. Okay. In 2009, Fox was nominated for the 2010 Indianapolis Prize, the world's largest individual monetary award for animal species conservation. Um, and he and his wife Kay maintain a museum called the Rodney Fox Shark Museum in Mile End, South Australia another place to visit, Mm. um, which features his private collection of displays and items from a lifetime of filmmaking and research on the ocean. Um, His passion for the Great White continues to this day, and he is a key speaker at many international conservation and diving events, and he gives motivational talks at schools and organisations around the world. Uh, He wrote an autobiography called Sharks, the Sea and Me, and he also won an award for his children's book, Shark Man. Oh. Which I have now ordered have for, you? for my nephew. Because my nephew Aww. is obsessed. He's such a toxic man. He's obsessed with like any animal that can hurt you. Like anything with big teeth. Yeah. He's like T-Rexes, sharks, alligators. He's obsessed. Yeah. So Rodney may be 83 now, uh, oh. but he has no plans to hang up his wetsuit for good. He spent nearly every moment of his adult life not only facing his fears, but forcing others to come to terms with theirs. But Fox says, to finish this off, mm. uh, he says, when I look back, at photos of my attack, I think to myself, I must have been left on this earth to do something really important. I must have been left here for some special reason. I've been waiting to be pointed in the right direction to figure out what that reason is, but all I've ever seemed to do is talk about sharks. And that is the story of shark attack survivor and creator of the shark cage, Rodney Fox. Amazing. Isn't that such what a, a good guy. story? What a guy. I guess it's kind of obvious what to put in the survival kit. <laughs> a belt that releases. Okay. No? I go mean, on. I was going to go shark cage. <laughs> oh, shark cage. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but he was. Yeah, but he was. He was spear fishing. A shark cage would have done him no good in, in Though, that scenario. When I was watching one of these videos about him, they had like a little montage of like clips with no talking. They had a little, what? A little montage. Yeah. yeah. Um, little makeover montage. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen the shark before. They, they made the shark look so friendly, let me tell you. Um, really make, made it Terrible unibrow PR before. image. Yeah. Um, no, but they there was this one video I saw and I couldn't find this anywhere else, so I don't know. But there was a guy that was like, diving as in like moving and like fishing on the sea floor mm. and he had like kind of a personal cage around him okay and i was like is that a thing i mean it must i couldn't find exactly what that was called or what it was but like it was like a built kind of like the choke i guess ki- yeah like kind of like a little like coffin but like not closed like just steel bars yeah that meant i guess nothing can kind of come in and bite around him right and i was like that's genius yeah but i only saw like a short clip of it in this montage so i don't okay. fully know what that was but like maybe though Could i guess that was really fish in that couldn't... though I... I don't know i was thinking something that could have more easily like you know on a lanyard it has those little it, the way a lanyard attaches so you can just pull it off right. you don't have to like so you can't get strangled by a lanyard i was thinking something like that for the yeah but don't we fish. usually use something that's actually been in the story not just like something they could have had because oh, then i yeah, feel like yeah. everything okay would so just what, be mobile so phones. What, <laughs> so what what how did he survive then by gouging the eyes he he gouged the eyes and then he bear hugged he, it he bear hugged it he swam up fish he, i guess i guess a Giving cage fish? full of fish yeah <laughs> pretty good distraction basket technique. full of fish <laughs> basket full of fish that yeah. can't hurt it's probably like a basket full of fish or if you want to the survival toolkit is about to get you very honor, <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to honor his creation a shark cage. the shark okay but it's i'm just saying he didn't have the shark cage at the time he that's didn't. not how he survived um i'm happy with these i mean shark cage more useful maybe <laughs> They're very big. Although fish, would it fit in the bag? Basket full of fish. That also keep you food. going for a while. Yeah. I I think basket of fish. All right. A basket full of fish. Okay. Going in the survival toolkit. That was great. But thanks for the cage as well, Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> you know this thing recently on uh, social media where people are asking them. Why did you say social media? Like you've only just found out about it this week. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have only just found out about it this week. Um, where women are asking their boyfriends or people are asking their boyfriends um how often do you think about the roman empire yes i have seen this apparently the female equivalent is how often do you think about titanic i was like oh god and then someone somebody said uh, when i saw that it was like the female equivalent is how how often do you think about titanic i was like oh like all the time all the time (laughs) all the time time. (laughs) and then i was at a gig on tuesday and i said to them we were talking about it and i was like how often do you think about the Roman Empire, and literally every single man on the on the bill was like, "Oh, like, like multiple times a month." That's mad, Neil. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Probably a few times a week. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> what about it? Just the the kind of the bravery of it all. Just the sheer <laughs> scale, the scale of how you control that much like land and people and the infrastructure the amazing it's still strange is the world yeah roads, roads, roads. Yeah. i think about roads. roads a lot yeah men just haven't changed <laughs> <laughs> cars carts roads 
wheels. Yeah. The arts. Oh, yeah, yeah, the arts. It's still yeah, weird yeah, though. Yeah. It's still for men, it's still what they want. Whereas for us, it's still like what terrible thing could happen to us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. It's like, how can we wear a nice dress, but also be in absolute peril? Like the Titanic. Well, actually, women did all right. We got on the I was going to say. But still, Titanic is the only actually. Still, disaster. Death. Maybe that's why we think about Titanic so much is because we were prioritized in the... For once in our lives. <laughs> but the Roman Empire is still men are like, back I... when it was good. <laughs> yeah, we really had it nailed. <laughs> that's mad to me. Isn't that amazing? Like, it's, it's... What do you think? Lal Drop, how much do you think of the Roman Empire? <laughs> He's thinking about it right now. He's dreaming of it. Yeah. Sweet dreams. Tell us a story. And make right. it clippable because he's adorable. Oh my god. Okay. We're ready. Hi, Abby and Julia and Loudrop. Loudrop is here. Loudrop is present on my lap. Back in 2017, I was on a project for work in Mozambique. Brag. Very cool. I went. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Sorry, Loudrop wanted to respond fan. as well. Um, I want to give you a bit of backstory as I feel this story has a few moments where I survived, but the worst was by far the last day. Okay. When we arrived in Mozambique after a 28-hour journey, fuck that. (laughs) We were held at gunpoint. What? By some angry security guards all shouting at me and my then boyfriend in Portuguese. In brackets, he's now an ex, partly due to the story. Interesting. Mm. They emptied all of our bags, including my underwear, and made me explain every item in my backpack. It was like that scene from Bridget Jones minus the drugs. Just like, and, and, and these, the elastic's really stretched out. Why do you still have these? Yeah. <laughs> There's a hole in this one. Come I, on. I haven't got round to it yet. <laughs> these are the emergency ones. They seem to all be emergency ones. <laughs> Bearing in mind I speak no Portuguese uh-huh. and my phrase book was worse than useless, I had nothing in my bag. <laughs> nothing in the phrase book being like... <laughs> <laughs> For emergency. It's a BDSM thing. <laughs> he has a very specific kink. Uh, my phrase book was worse than useless. I had nothing in my bag that I shouldn't have, but we eventually paid a $50 bribe to get the hell out of there. What? And I was absolutely traumatized. That's the thing. So they can just like stop you and you have hey, to pay if they've got guns, 50 quid. Yeah. To... I think that is quite common. Interesting. Yeah. Obviously not in my experience. I would never do this, but... You have experience with Loudrop? For... <laughs> Loudrop's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Always have bribe money. Always have bribe money in your shoe. <laughs> um, absolutely traumatized. My boyfriend at the time, I love that they keep saying at the time. <laughs> We get it. We get it. <laughs> nah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an injury, Julia. It's the theme of the podcast. My boyfriend at the time... We're all alone. ...couldn't seem to understand why I was so upset and insisted we go for a... Wa- why Why are you so upset? You've had a gun in your face. You've had your pants sifted God, through by strangers. God, why are you so damn sensitive? Come on. Jeez. Cheer up. Jeez. Um, insisted we go for a walk after we'd settled in the hotel this was obviously a terrible idea right red flag thanks for the per- they've actually written red flag in capital I'd, I'd try but I think I'd drop him yeah no don't we were accosted by police again both wielding guns and telling us to hand over our passports I held on to mine with a vice grip 
refused and walked her straight back to the hotel. My then boyfriend... <laughs> Am I right, Loudrup? Loudrup's thinking he's suicidal. Loudrup's like, ditch this guy. Leave him in Mozambique. Sorry. This is entirely visual. <laughs> so... Um, For anyone who appreciates Ladrup has an inside out ear right now He is not into this At all <laughs> He's bored <now. laughs> My then boyfriend asked me why I was being so rude To the policeman I mean really Well I wouldn't risk it if they got guns though Yeah to be fair Big smiles for the guns Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big smiles The following day we took a taxi at my insistence. We were stopped at a crossing again by two policemen wanting to see our passports. Stupidly, I had left the window of the taxi slightly ajar. It was about 300 degrees outside and taxis don't have aircon. This was just enough for them to poke the end of their guns through and point them straight at our heads. Oh my God. There was absolutely no way I was posting my passport to them through the window. So we just smashed them against the window uh, and hoped they would leave us alone. After a bit of a chat with them and the taxi driver, they did eventually leave. So after three incidences of being held at gunpoint, the trip was, in hindsight, incredibly hit and miss. Yeah. I don't know what the hit part of that is. I hope they saw a good show at some point or found a nice market. Nice restaurant. But... Good food. So far, it's fully miss for me. I don't don't really want to go on holiday anywhere where guns exist. No. It, I find that terrifying. Mm. Like, I used to really want to travel to America, but now I'm like, just someone in a supermarket could just have a gun. Anywhere. Anywhere. Literally anywhere. Literally anywhere. And that's terrifying. However, the worst was yet to come. Oh, good. On our last day in Mozambique, I was feeling proud to have survived it, and we did actually have a great time. However, we needed a taxi to get us back to the airport. Public transport is non-existent, We had been successfully getting taxis the rest of the time. We were there, so thought nothing of it. However, our flight was on a Sunday. Nobody does anything on a Sunday there, as mostly everyone is in church. Basically, we were screwed. The hotel had told us a taxi was on its way. It, of course, was not. We stood in the lobby, panicked, and tried to problem-solve our way out of it. In the lobby, there was a group of old men drinking coffee and smoking. One of them heard the word taxi and in some very broken English told us he would take us. I looked at my then boyfriend and we decided we had to trust the random guy who we'd never met with us and all our bags. We got in the car and tried to make polite conversation on the drive until the man looked very worried and gestured to us to duck down saying, very bad. We were approaching an armed police checkpoint and we knew if we ended up there, we would miss our flight and probably lose all the money we had on us. Guess what? We got pulled into the bloody checkpoint. Why did you have to pay all these police off? Mm. We ducked down as low as humanly possible. This car had no seatbelts. And I actually thought I was going to die. Our driver slowed right down, but he looked sweaty and panicked. Police started looking into the car and tapped the window with their, you guessed it, guns. Guns. When suddenly our driver slammed his foot on the accelerator, (laughs) (laughs) just dicks at the window. (laughs) You guessed it, dicks. (laughs) The driver. Men love cars. (laughs) Any excuse. 
when suddenly our driver slammed his foot on the accelerator, sped up and barged his way straight through the checkpoint. Fucking hell. The police and guards scattered to avoid the car. Goodness knows what he drove over and into, but nobody followed us. Probably a couple of dicks or so. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of flat dicks after that. <laughs> couple of dicks lost. And you know what? They deserve it. Yeah. Um, them. Uh, Declub that dick. Oh, God, imagine. After that felt like a lifetime, our driver gestured to us that we should sit up and his only words were, very bad getaway. Lord knows what would have happened had we actually been pulled in, but I will forever be grateful to that man. When we got to the airport, the kind stranger would not take any of our money, helped us with our bags and said, good time, safe travel, kindness. I've never been in such a situation since and don't plan to be either. Love the podcast and let's plonk a kind, reliable rally driver into the survival kit. Thanks, Becky. I would, but we can't put people in the kit. Sorry, Becky. <laughs> Maybe R- a self-driving rally car? That's got to be around the corner, surely. What, self-driving cars? Yeah, they're happening. Oh, right. I thought you meant like a story with self-driving cars. Oh, I no, was no, like, no. I don't feel like that's coming Just up Just a self-driving soon. car. I can't um, wait to put that in the toolkit. So, wow. Yeah. Isn't that What does wild? she mean, though? I can't imagine what would have happened. Well, presumably they would have been pulled into the checkpoint, had more guns in their faces, yeah, had to pay more money in bribes, would have missed their flight. Why do minimum? They... But what? But or they would have potentially been shot. Surely the police can't. I mean, you well, yeah, but yeah. How I don't I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. It's that, or was was the taxi driver hiding something in the boot? <laughs> and, yeah, and, well, it, taxi was, driver was and like, it was nothing I to can't do with afford them. to get stopped. Yeah, it was like very bad. <laughs> there is so much cocaine in the trunk of this car. <laughs> very, you have no idea. This is very bad, and they're like, "Oh no, we might miss our flight." Yeah. And he's like, "No, yeah, this is ending in a shootout or nothing." <laughs> there is drugs and a corpse in the boot. Yeah. This is bad. To be fair, harboring like tourists trying to get to the airport is a great cover because if they yeah. do get stopped just like they were late for their flight they just needed to get to the airport yeah. don't look in the boot yeah because like <laughs> i know because they'd been stopped multiple times right they'd never had a driver be like very bad yeah so it feels like a level up the driver never been like can you just crouch down no that never <laughs> happened before pretend you're not it here. was like show your passport and then they did leave them away right yeah like le- i mean leave they them did alone. have to bribe them the first time yeah, yeah i still don't get that quite is it just to like hurry them up yeah i think so right because I think they can be like, you need to get out of the country or, you know, or worse. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that driver had something in the boot. I'm <laughs> now beginning to think that this driver was there. Because also to not also, take money. Didn't take money. <laughs> kindness. Farewell. On your way. Thanks for the cover you story. You served purpose. Yeah. yeah. Also driving to the airport. Maybe he was smuggling. Maybe the, Maybe he was then meeting up with somebody. Who knows? I think there was something more to that story. Who knows? But I love that we are so cynical. We cannot, uh, we cannot believe that a, ki- a stranger, out the kind of his of his heart, would go through all of I that. I can't though, because he has to stay in the country. He probably has to like they have risky his. Move. He have his life like so risky. Why are you speeding through a checkpoint with police with guns? Mm. I'm sorry. Who Body wrote that in? Who was that? <laughs> uh, Becky. Yeah, right. I'm sorry, Becky. I don't think it was about you. <laughs> <laughs> don't think he did it for you. 
I think you were collateral. I feel like in every listener story, we managed to reframe it into a much more sinister, <laughs> much more, much less uplifting uh, result for yeah. the people. Sending. So if you have a story you're maybe not sure about um, actually what <laughs> happened, we will paint it in a negative light. For Send sure. that into help at wcspod.com. <laughs> People are bad. They are never good. <laughs> the end. Okay. Thank you for listening. Hope you survive another week. Uh, bye. Bye. Get attacked by an angry shark. Stuck up a mountain in the dark. Pushed up the top of a big landmark. Hit by lightning in your local park. Caught in a downpour of acid rain. Struck by a meteor or a train. A proton beam passing through your brain. Attacked by that angry shark again. Hear how they survive. Trampled by a herd of buffalo. Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe. Buried alive in a pile of snow. It's the world. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.